Welcome to the Coach House Beacons. Good morning, everybody. I'm Steve, and I'd like to welcome you all to today's Coach House Beacon. The recent change in the COVID restrictions around Manchester have made it seem as though what we previously knew as normality is still a long way off. So much of what we considered normal was suddenly cut off and we had to change the very way we live. That said, we must recognise that we are not in quite as a restricted position as we were at the start. It's not all bad. As the restrictions have eased, one of the blessings that we have been able to enjoy in the past few weeks has been the to be able to gather together for the prayer meeting at church. Prayer is the heartbeat of any Christian's life, and indeed of the church as a whole. Personal prayer is essential, but also corporate prayer is very important. This raises an important question for any Christian, which is, what or whom should I pray for? We normally answer this question by talking to one another, exchanging things that we have heard about, people with needs, and giving thanks for answered prayer. During the lockdown, this became more difficult. Until we all got used to phoning round or messaging or using the Zoom meeting, you might have felt that you were missing something. You might have worried that you didn't know what was happening in someone's life, and therefore you felt unable to pray effectively. Living in an age of instant information has made us forget that for most of history, a lack of information was the norm. This was certainly the norm in Bible times. As the gospel spread, People would have heard about other Christians from other places and about their needs, but it could be months before messages got through to update people's knowledge. Or, mostly, you might never have heard about that person ever again. So how did we deal with this? Well, Paul knew that this was a problem, so he wrote to the Colossian church with some advice on this matter. Here's what he wrote. Since the day we first heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Wow, what an amazing passage. And there's quite a lot in here, so you might want to think about some of these points later. But for now, let's just look at the main points. And remember, 
this is concerning how we pray for those people who we don't have regular contact with. Firstly, we should pray continually. As Paul says, since the day we first heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Now, Paul doesn't mean that he is constantly praying day and night. He is saying that he doesn't just pray for someone once and then forget about them. In practice, you won't pray for everybody you know every day. A good way to keep track of people you want to pray for is to keep a written list. Perhaps some people will be allocated to a certain date in the month, or, for more regular prayer, a particular day of the week. It sounds simple, and I know lots of you will already do this. Now, as we are focusing here on people we don't see very often, if at all, you might ask, what should I pray? Well, Paul answers this in an earlier verse, saying, We always give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. This is a good discipline for any prayer. Always start with thanks, because in doing so, you will recognise God's grace at work in people's lives. Secondly, Paul says that, we should pray that people might be continually filled with the knowledge of his will. This might surprise you to hear this. Isn't it my responsibility to try to find out God's will for my life? And won't God guide me anyway? Well, the answer to these questions is yes. But Paul wouldn't be telling us this if there wasn't at least some obligation on our part for others. Remember, in the Lord's Prayer we pray, Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is the same prayer, asking that we might be brought by God into his will, basically to follow his plan for our lives, and not our own plan. You might not know what is happening at that mission station in the far-off land, but you can do your bit by asking God to guide the missionary who is working there. Third, Paul asks that we pray that they live a life worthy of the Lord. This is a prayer of protection. Again, you don't need to know the exact circumstances of someone's life to pray that they might live the right way before God. After this, there is gaining knowledge of God. Strength for endurance and bearing of fruit. You see, none of these things needs you to know anything about the person you are praying for. Now, there will be times, of course, when you need to pray about a very specific situation that you have heard about. But when you are, when you are remembering that person you've only met once, or someone you heard about on a prayer letter, use these principles and you will start to really enjoy praying into the unknown. So in summary, pray regularly, give thanks, ask for God's will to be done, seek a life worthy of the Lord, and ask for knowledge, wisdom, endurance and fruit. Can you imagine the difference you could make in someone's life just by praying this way? Try it out, see what happens. And may the Lord bless you for your faithfulness.
Coach House Beacons, the Coach House Church Daily Devotional. To find out more, join us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website at www.coachhousechurch.org.